2: You've found Destination Love with Shelly Pumphrey. This is not a program about becoming the perfect date or how to get that special someone you've been admiring to notice you. Instead, we'll bring you the science behind how to find love and show how being your true self generally works best. Now, here's your host, Shelly Pumphrey. Hello
3: to everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to have you all here. Um, We are going to be talking about some relationship stuff today. Go figure. That's what we talk about every week, right? But we're going to take a little bit of a turn here today. And the part of why I wanted to bring our guest on here today is because I've been getting a lot of questions, a lot of feedback from people um, who are in relationships or, or they're dating or they've had their hearts broken before because they were with a partner that they just weren't sure if it was the right and then things didn't turn out and then they feel bad about it. Like they ignored all the signs um, that they should have left. Um so we've been kind of exploring this i've been writing a little bit in my blog about using your intuition to make you know to help you guide your decisions in your relationships um and sometimes people really get stuck in this place where they're like well is it just the relationship fizzling out? Is this just kind of a stage or am I just ignoring the red flags and I should leave? So I thought it would be great to have somebody come on today so that we could have a conversation to help you all figure out how to get more clear in your relationships. So today we have a guest named Katherine Dietz, and she's the owner and operator of A Healthy Path to Love. She's an expert in coaching women who are questioning the romantic relationships, and she offers a step-by-step process that provides a clear solution to the predicament of should I stay or should I go? She empowers women to move forward in their lives by either reconnecting with their partner in a way that works or gracefully letting go of the relationship with integrity, honesty, and respect. As a certified Heal Your Life coach and former cardiovascular technologist, she shares this extensive knowledge on the emotions and physiology of the heart and how our feelings play a huge role in the quality of our lives and relationships. She believes romantic relationships are one of our greatest teachers and gives us endless opportunities to true to stay true to ourselves and show up in the world as the women we really want to be so Catherine I'm so glad to have you here today welcome thank
1: you so much I'm excited to be here today so thank you for absolutely
3: yeah and God I just realized am I pronouncing your last name right
1: Yes, you are. Thank you. Okay,
3: good. Yep, I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I said that right. Because <laughs> um, I've just been calling you Catherine. So good. Yeah, you got so it. I, I'm really glad that you're here because I I mean, there's a reason why you have a business doing this. And I know as a coach as and therapist as well, like this is one of the biggest questions that I hear from people is should I stay or should I go? so. Maybe before we dive into this, um, I'd love to just kind of get a little background on you. Um, If you could share a little bit about your history and kind of tell us why you became a relationship coach in the first place and why you specialize
1: in working with us. Okay, sure. I'd be happy to. It's an an interesting story and it weaves both my personal experiences and my professional experiences. So I'll kind of talk about both of those as I share a little bit of the story here. So... First of all, romantic relationships are so fascinating to me in the sense that they typically awaken such a strong feeling of passion and love within us, and then when we're hurt by those relationships, they usually cause the most pain that we've ever felt, too. So it's so fascinating to me, and I believe they're one of our greatest teachers, as you said in the introduction there. And when we are struggling with our partners, it's such a catalyst for us to be able to examine how we're showing up in the relationship, how we're participating in the conflict, how we're handling it, and and what responsibility we play in it. So that's kind of what led me to through my personal experiences. When I was 21 years old, I met a man and it was instant attraction and very fast moving relationship. And so we just kind of fell into it. And right from the beginning, we fell into these very unhealthy patterns. And I knew that from the very beginning, but I wasn't willing to look at those. I was willing to just Oh, it'll work out. It'll work out. I was only 21. I still didn't really know myself very well. I was very insecure and I just kept on holding on to the hope that it would somehow work out. And so I kept on ignoring those unhealthy patterns and the conflict just kept on getting worse and worse and worse. And nine years into the relationship, we actually got married. I still question why I said yes to that, but (laughs) it was an experience I needed to have, so that's okay. Right. And this little voice within me just kept on saying, you know, you deserve better than this. This is not what real love is about. And so finally, 13 years into the relationship, I finally listened to that little voice, and I had the courage to leave the relationship. And a lot of people thought of that as a failure like oh my gosh you invested 13 years of your life and you're just going to give it away and you made this commitment and you're just going to throw it away and i didn't see it as a failure i saw it as i'm tired of giving up on myself i don't see this as me giving up on the relationship i see this as reclaiming myself and i took that opportunity to really look back and say why did i choose to stay in it that long and what was i showing up as as my role in in the relationship and how was i dealing with conflict and so I learned a ton about myself mm-hmm. for the next years and I forgave myself for making some of those poor decisions and I really started looking to the future of what I wanted in a healthier relationship. Fast forward a couple of years, I met and fell in love with an amazing man who really did give me that opportunity to express love in a way that I had never felt safe enough to express before and it was just so beautiful with what I had learned about myself and around that same time... I was also following my heart to change my career. And so I had been a legal secretary for a very long time. I was starting to become completely fascinated with the human body and the science and the physiology. So I decided to become a cardiovascular technologist. I knew I wanted to help people heal their hearts. And it's interesting how this unfolds. <laughs> right? <laughs> very so interesting. I, I did a two program here at Grossmont San Diego, got a job at Scripps, and it was a, an amazing experience for me definitely got me out of my comfort zone but I soon realized that this job was really not where I was meant to go long term it was just way way too stressful but while I was there I was still discovering things about myself I was learning about energy healing I was learning a little bit about life coaching in my own personal time fast-forward a little bit here I decided I'm gonna leave this cardiovascular technology job I'm going to become a healing touch practitioner And a heal your life coach heal your life is uh, Louise Hay you can heal your life for those of listeners who aren't familiar with her name she's amazing and one of the original pioneers of self-love and the mind-body connection and so I went through that training to become a workshop leader first and then to become a coach and so while I was doing these career shifts I was getting deeper and deeper into my relationship with this man that I mentioned that was just so amazing and creating all these great experiences in our lives of love. And, and the commitment was was getting more serious. We decided to move in with each other. And that's really what opened up more of the differences that we weren't really aware of before. So I could get into a ton of detail, but I'll just kind of cut to the chase here. And basically that me changing careers, us moving in together at the same time, really brought up tons of conversations that we wouldn't have otherwise had. And it helped me realize that we weren't on the same page in terms of our partnership. We had so many great things as a boyfriend and girlfriend, but as a partnership, this relationship wasn't going to give me what I needed for it to be fulfilling to me.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so it was so hard because there was still a lot of love and neither one of us was doing anything wrong and it wasn't unhealthy like the first one that I mentioned, but I really needed to get real with myself and, and be true to myself. So we had some very difficult conversations and throughout this process so fascinating to me is that I was sitting at my desk one day trying to come up with some information that I would share with my clients and I came up with this idea about the healthy path and healthy is an acronym and I'll share that later on and I started writing everything out and I was like wow this is so amazing it just like came to me and I can't wait to share this with my clients then I thought oh my god this is what I'm going through right now in this relationship should I stay should I go it's not that bad but it's not what I really need Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So that's what led me to that place. And so I had the experience of a really unhealthy relationship, and then I had the experience of an incredibly healthy relationship. But in both situations, the first one, I didn't—I struggled more with my insecurities than anything about. The Second one, I was very secure, but I still struggled with that question. Mm-hmm. So it led me to this path. of, you know, I really want to help people in their relationships and use the opportunity of the struggles that we have as a way to get back to who you really are and to who you really need. Women tend to lose themselves in their romantic relationships it's more common anyway. So, right. kind of a, a little snapshot. Yeah, that's,
3: and you know, I always believe like those of us who are out to help and heal others often become that way because we have lived through some of our own pain and you know I know I really with her story I had a very similar background where I was um you know I met my ex-husband uh when I was in my 20s and I um like my gut was telling me this is not right like in the beginning before we even got married and I was like you know no we already had the invitations out like we have to go through with this of course um and I was kind of in a place where I had kind of I was done with dating and and it was kind of the best thing that had come along And and it wasn't that it was horrible it it felt right in the moment but I was ignoring some huge red flags inside of me and ended up getting married and and 10 years later got a divorce because I couldn't ignore um you know what was going on any longer, but it was one of the best things that happened to me because it really, um, you know, made it look at myself in ways that I didn't want to look at myself. But it's created so much healing in the, in that process,
4: right. and
3: um, and so many areas of growth in my life that never would have happened had I not gone through that. So I'm I like you, I'm really passionate about helping people understand. Um, how to go through this process, how to um, not ignore those red flags, or how to know when it's just kind of a lull in your relationship, and you should keep moving forward. So let's dive into some of that. Um, the first thing I want to just ask you is, can you talk a little bit a little bit about what creates this confusion in the first place? Like how does love and pa- the love and passion of a relationship that start out so good
1: turn out to be painful and full of resentment, and people get in that stuck spot? Right, right, and we never expect that to happen, right? Like, when we fall in love, I love this famous quote that I I, I always, I don't know who the author is, I don't know how famous it is, but this quote is, falling in love is awfully simple, but falling out of love is simply awful. And it is. It's so easy to fall in love, and it feels so good, and we never think we're going to get to that place of, oh, we're not going to have problems, and if we do, we're going to be able to resolve them no problem, and yet so many of us end up in that place of, Conflict and resentment and confusion. So, I believe that what happens is, you know, of course, in the beginning of the relationship, it's so new and it's so exciting and it's eliciting all these feelings of connection and love. And that's what we're designed to feel in life. We're designed to feel that connection. Mm -hmm. And as time goes on, as certain patterns start showing up that weren't there in the first place, we all have these patterns in our lives that we operate from our thoughts and our beliefs and our feelings and the way we make choices we all have these patterns and then in relationships that are very intimate like that of course these patterns start showing up and they don't always agree with each other one partner does one thing one way the other one does another and then you start to feel this conflict of like well I don't like the way you're handling things because it doesn't make me feel comfortable or it doesn't give me the connection that I'm desiring, or whatever it may be. And so we start to get into this little tug-of-war of of almost blaming the other person for all the problems. But really, we need to be able to speak our truth in a respectful way to say what it is that's bothering us and see if we can somehow come to a solution about it. But so many of us have been kind of uh, trained or conditioned by example that we stuff our feelings down or we avoid conflict because it's too painful or whatever it may be. So when we don't speak up, that just causes more frustration and that frustration leads to resentments. Right. Yes, exactly. But so much of it, you know, not to say that the other person isn't doing anything that's contributing to it, but it takes two. It takes two to tango, whether it's good or bad. Yeah, absolutely.
3: You know, and one of the things that I... Um, Talk, uh, talk about with people is, um, you know, when we're speaking about patterns, one of the things I share is something that I call the four love styles, or we talk about a tab, which basically is a way of describing attachment. And um, Basically, what happens is our brains are hardwired to connect in with people in different ways. Some of us are hardwired to stay more disconnected and to be afraid of intimacy, and some of us are hardwired to really crave and desire a lot of intimacy and connection. And, um, you know, depending on what your love style or your attachment style is, it. you um, can be a contributing factor to some of these patterns of, do I stay a long time in a relationship that's not good for me? Sometimes that's because you've got a certain attachment style that keeps you connected in, or do you always sabotage relationships when they're not good? Um, You know, sometimes that can be another attachment style that keeps you disconnected. So, um, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the patterns that you see, um, you know kind of share with us your insight about that piece
1: yes and that's a very important piece of the relationships for sure definitely so and i like that you talk about styles and there's also that book out there by gary chapman called the five love languages right and so that's really helpful too like we all have a different way of speaking love and so if you understand what your partner under uh, feels when you do a certain act of service or affection or whatever that's how they feel love then you learn to speak each other's language so it's Kind of, uh, kind of similar in the sense of patterns. So the way I see patterns is that they are basically, you know, from the time we were born all the way up until where we are now, we have learned certain things, we have thought and, and felt certain things and seen certain examples in our lives. Of, our parents are often a very strong example of what a relationship should or should not be. And even if we understand things on a logical level, we don't necessarily always tap into it emotionally. And so patterns are this uh, kind of software almost, like sometimes compared to an operating system on your computer, like you have a certain operating system on your computer that's designed to do certain things, and it will always do those functions based on the operating system, Well, we have our own operating system within ourselves based on our thoughts and our beliefs and those beliefs and thoughts also lead to our emotions about certain things and that's where we operate from that's how we make our choices whether we do it consciously or not and a lot of times we're actually doing it subconsciously or unconsciously in a sense we're just kind of going through the motions and having these reactions to certain situations without even really thinking about it it's Mm -hmm. just it's just a given and so that's fine, and that's that's part of being human. There's nothing wrong with that. But the thing, to that's really helpful, especially in relationships, is to recognize that as we grow, as we change, as we get older, our beliefs and our thoughts will most likely change with the way that we're growing. If we're growing, then our thoughts are not always going to be the same. And so if you're still working off an old operating system, but you're kind of this new uh, expanded person, then you're not really aligned with who you really are and, and there's a lot of conflict within that, within yourself and with your partner. If you don't even know your own truth, then how can you speak it to your partner, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I I see those patterns, and and Louise Hay talks a ton about this, and that's where I learned a lot of mine is just, you know, examine your thoughts every once in a while, examine your beliefs, and, you know, a very, very simple, simple example that everybody gets at, as children, we were taught, don't talk to strangers, you just don't talk to strangers. Well, as a child, that absolutely makes sense, because you don't have the knowledge or experience to decipher who is a good or quote-unquote bad person to talk with, but as adults, if we never talked to strangers, we probably wouldn't be making any new friends, right? Right. So, here's yeah, a
3: simple example. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, yeah.
3: Um, I. sorry, go ahead. If you wanted to share a quick example, we're going to be, we just have a couple of minutes, or, well, a few seconds here before we cut to a commercial, mm-hmm. but do you want to start with, uh, do you have a quick example of what you're talking about?
1: That's okay. We can do, do it when we come back. That, that example okay. just about, you know, not talking to strangers and children. That's, that's a really brief, simple example to, to grasp, but we can talk a little bit more after we come back on the break. Okay. Well, why don't
3: we go ahead and we'll go, uh, cut to a commercial break here. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. And again, you're listening to Destination Love with Shelley Pumphrey and Catherine Dietz. And uh, if you want to check me out on my Facebook page, you can go to Authentic Date. And we'll see you in a few.
4: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
2: You are listening to Destination Love. To reach Shelly Pumphrey or her guest today, call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Shelly at ShellyPumphrey.com. Now back to Destination Love. Hello, welcome back. This is
3: Shelly and we're talking. We are talking to Catherine Dietz here. And Catherine, before we took that commercial break, we wanted uh, we started to talk a little bit about some of these patterns. Um, so I was hoping you could go into a little bit more detail about what you mean by all of that.
1: Yes, yes. So we were talking about beliefs and thoughts and feelings and patterns. And so here's another really great example about patterns based on beliefs, especially within relationships. A lot of us have a belief that, you know, romantic relationships are always hard, and that's just the way they are, and you just stay committed no matter what. You just stay in it once you make that commitment to... To be married or whatever it may be, just stay in it no matter what. And if you think about that, if you really step back and look at that, the commitment to love is what most people are really committing to in this type of relationship. And what does love mean? That might mean different things to different people, but I believe that most people think that love includes honesty, respect. Respect being integrity with who you are and your core values, right? So if you get into a relationship and even one that maybe started out great, but somewhere down the line, it turns into some unhealthy situation and you're not feeling connected anymore or maybe even insurance abusive or whatever it may be, staying committed to love is still part of the commitment. It's not about just staying in it no matter what. Well, I said I would stay no matter what, so I'm going to let him mistreat me or he's going to let me mistreat him. It can go both ways. And so really returning to what your definition and truth is of love. And another great example along those same lines is unconditional love. Again, people think unconditional love means you just love a person no matter what. And there's some truth to that. But I believe that, and I've changed my belief. So this is a perfect example of being able to change a belief and being able to change your patterns. I now believe that unconditional love means showing up. As who you truly are to any situation regardless of the circumstances I am going to show up with who I really am and I'm going to be honest about who I really am in this situation regardless of how the other person is acting or how the relationship is going we don't have to turn into ugly people just because our partner is upsetting us or our relationship isn't going in the right direction we still get to show up as who we really are and that's why These relationships are such a catalyst for like, hmm, okay, how am I contributing to this? What role am I playing in this conflict? Because it's so easy to put the blame on the other person, and that's not the case.
3: I love that. I love just turning that attention back to yourself. Yes. And kind of holding yourself accountable for the relationship in a way. Right. um, You know, that I, I, I love that just kind of change of perception there with the unconditional love. I think that that
1: is so key, so important. It is. It is. And when you, we, if you think about it too, Shelley, when when we look at how we're playing our role in the relationship, we are owning our power. When we blame our partner for everything, and believe me, I've done it. I'm not saying I don't understand right, right. why it happens. I get it. But when we blame our partner for all of our problems, we're giving our par- our power over to them. We're basically saying, okay, the quality of our relationship relies on you. I'm just going to sit back and complain about what's not going right. Right. And that's, that's not empowering at all. I mean, it takes two. And even if your partner is not showing up in their best form, and even if they're not being honest and respectful, you can do your best for as long as you possibly can. And that's a personal choice. You can do your best to show up in your best capacity and be true to yourself and be true to the commitment. And then that leads to a place that leads to more difficult conversations sometimes but then that'll lead you to that place of, should I stay or should I go? You're not going to be able to make a decision that feels right for you, mm-hmm. that you're going to feel really confident and clear about unless you're clear with yourself. That's why it's so confusing, because we have internal conflict with ourselves. Our mind is saying one thing, our heart is saying another. Our mind is saying, I've been in it for 10 years, there's no way I'm going to just waste that time. And our heart is saying, I'm so done with this, I don't want to be mm-hmm. here. And so, really looking within and aligning our thoughts with our feelings. And sometimes you have to do some self discovery and some processing of feelings to get to that place. But that is going to be your most powerful place. And then you will be able to speak your truth to your partner and hope. That they respond in a way that you'd like them to, but even if they don't, you know that you've done your best and there's no feeling of, oh man, did I make the right decision or I feel guilty because I didn't try hard enough or whatever it may be.
3: Right. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I think one of the, I always love, um, Tony Robbins always says, um, when you focus more on giving than what you're getting in a relationship, you can create a lot more success. Because, you know, in the beginning, you know, like you think about it, in the very beginning of a relationship, we are on our best behavior. We do everything to impress. We like, it's so easy to to give, 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 right? Right. And then Mm -hmm. you get into this, this place in the relationship where, you know, the excitement and the honeymoon wears off, and it becomes more about what are you going to give to me? And then you start to feel depleted, you feel you feel deprived, or you start to notice those things that you're not getting from your partner. And um, really, sometimes all it takes is just shifting back into that place of giving
1: um, that can ignite that flame again. Absolutely. I totally agree. And so often when we get to that place of you're not giving me what I need, it's a lot of times it's because we're not even giving ourselves what we need and we're expecting somebody else to fill the void. So, and then on on that concept of giving, I I do love that quote too by Tony Robbins. And it's, but, and I also add to that, that it's really important to keep in mind that as we're giving We are also receiving because there are a lot of women out there who will give, give, give and to the point of self-sacrifice and they feel like they're doing the right thing because I'm being a good wife or I'm being a good partner by giving, 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 but they're never receiving. Right. And sometimes you might not be able to receive from your partner, but can you receive from yourself? Can you receive from your significant friendships that you have in your life? We need to fill Mm -hmm. up our tanks too in order to give without getting depleted like you said.
3: Yeah, I agree. And I feel like I think that's really important, and especially for women, because we do go into that place of being more of, well, not for everybody, but we can have a tendency to give too much of ourselves and leave us for last. Um, And I think, it, you know, sometimes it can also be telling, you know, if you're in that lull in a relationship, and you try this practice of giving. And then all of a sudden you realize, whoa, this really isn't going anywhere. I'm, you know, he's not stepping up to meet me as well. And again, we don't want to go into that place of tit for tat, like I'm only going to give if I get, but it can be, it can be information for you. Like yes. if you're, if you were in a place where you're wondering, should I be in this relationship and then you give it all you've got right? and there's nothing there, well, there's
1: some validation for you. Perhaps, absolutely, you know absolutely and, and most often you know it, it goes both ways definitely I never like to just throw everybody in the same box but typically it's the woman who will start to go okay I need to make some changes and she starts doing this self-awareness or even some spiritual work or whatever it may be and she starts making all these great changes and then she wants her partner to do the same thing which of course we do we want to grow together right and we also need to be respectful of the fact that they might not grow at the same rate as <laughs> right. we do. And they kind of need to jump on board before they can go forward with you on that train. And if all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you're just like, okay, I'm ready to make everything work. Where are you? Without any warning whatsoever. That's why it, and it's so difficult to have these conversations because it's such a vulnerable place of like, okay, I'm going to put myself in the position of, Talking with my partner about making things better when they're really not, like, that's a scary place to be. Like, what's going to happen? So it, it's a, it's such a fine line, and it really is such a personal experience with your particular partner and your communication styles. But uh, absolutely, I agree with you that it's very telling that once we start to show up for ourselves and we start to make some improvements, if the other person is not, then that's very telling. And... I like to add to that that we really need to be communicating what we're doing too, and not just assume that they're going to know that this is what we're doing, and they should be jumping on board with us.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So, can you talk about some of the obstacles that um, you see clients getting into, or, or women, uh, you know, running into when they're in relationships or wondering if they're if they should stay or go?
1: Yes. So I think the biggest obstacle, and this is probably the this biggest obstacle for anybody with any situation, is fear. It's, it's fear of the unknown. It's yeah. fear of how will my partner respond when I start having these difficult conversations with him? What if it doesn't work? What if I'm making the choice of like, yes, I want to stay and I want to make it work and then it doesn't work? You know, that's a really scary uh, yeah. thought. Or what mm-hmm. if I decide to leave And I don't find somebody else. What if I end up being alone? You know, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So it really all boils down to the fear of the unknown, which is a very human experience. And we all love the feeling of familiarity. We love the feeling of comfort. We love knowing what to expect. And even if we're in a relationship that doesn't feel that great or that doesn't feel fulfilling, at least we're familiar with it, right? Right. Comfort yeah. is, very, is a good place to, or a good thing to have. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like you know what to expect, you know, whereas if you're going to switch things up and you're going to start a whole new chapter and either, you know, address the relationship in a way that you've never addressed it before, that can be scary because what if it doesn't work out? What if I'm exposing my vulnerability to the core level and it still doesn't work out? but that's okay. We need to feel safe within ourselves. We need to have that connection with ourselves and feel safe that no matter what happens, we'll be okay. So
3: I, and I agree with you. And one of the things, when I say that to people, a lot of people have no idea what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And, there, and sometimes there has to be a lot of work done to know what it means to just be Okay. Right, right. So do you have some tips on how you help people
1: understand what it feels like to just be okay? Yes, I think definitely. Um, one of the biggest things and one of the biggest obstacles too that I find with working with my clients is getting in touch with your feelings. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're somebody who kind of stuffs down your feelings because you're afraid of them or you've never really been you never learned how to identify your feelings or process them, I'm, I'm I'm sometimes still surprised at how many people don't really know how. To identify their feelings and express them in a healthy way. And so if you're missing that part of you, I mean, we have these components. We have our mental, we have our emotional, we have our physical, and we have our spiritual. All of us have those elements within us, and they're all part of who we are and designed to help us lead our best life. And if we're ignoring some of those elements most of us are in our heads most of the time most of us are thinking 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 and so we're in our heads and our thoughts kind of dominate how we operate if if you're ignoring that huge component of who you are emotionally and spiritually then you're not going to feel okay you're not going to feel safe you're not going to feel comfortable so if you can get in touch with those part of you those parts of you and it does take time if you're not familiar with it and that's okay Mm -hmm. you just have patience you have compassion The more you get in touch with how you feel, the better, you, the more you will feel okay. Even in the situations that are painful or scary or whatever it may be, there's an underlying like, okay, I'm going to be okay throughout all this. And spirituality for me is a huge, huge component. Everybody has their own path, Mm -hmm. necessarily say you have to do this in order to feel okay. But having faith in something bigger than my human experience is incredibly helpful with helping me feel okay.
3: Yeah, I was just going to add that, like, if that's something that fits for you, like, to me, that's always where I know, personally, that's where I go. And that's what gives me the biggest sense of stability and peace in my life. And, you know, again, it doesn't work for any for everybody. But if you do have a sense of spirituality or religion that you um, are involved with, then really draw on that, draw on your faith, strengthen it. um, Because, you know, often that can help us just remember that we are having this human experience here and there are bigger things if that's your belief um yeah and and even if you aren't a spiritual person or a religious person maybe it's just being in nature like getting somewhere where you can go and be present um and see you know we can learn a lot from nature we can see that seasons change you know things die things come back to life there's a lot to be learned there that can teach us some of those bigger messages as well that spirituality can give us so you don't always have to ascribe to some kind of religion or spiritual belief to get to that bigger sense of peace
1: absolutely i'm so glad you said that because i was thinking the same exact thing nature is a huge teacher of peace and just going through the seasons of life i love that you shared that
3: yeah Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, this is, this is really good. Are there other obstacles? You said fear was a big one, which, yes, that seems very apparent. Well, maybe we need to talk more about fear, because that feels so big. Yes. Um, Because you were sharing some really good things. And we kind of went on this tangent. Is there
1: more about fear that you'd like to talk about? Fear, so fear, I've heard different acronyms about fear over the years, and it's always helped me, like, when I get into that place of fear, just like, okay, let's look at this real quick here. Is this really real, or oh. is this just something I make? So, there's, fear can be the acronym of false evidence appearing. Appearing real. Right? <laughs> Love that, uh, yes. Yes. Then there's the uh, F everything and run. I won't say that on <laughs> the air, but I think we all know what that means. Yes. <laughs> Or with that option, that uh, alternate to that one is face everything and rise.
3: Yeah, I and love I- that.
1: Yes. So, you know, fear is a natural human uh, feeling. There's nothing to be ashamed about it at all. It's just a matter of seeing it for what it is. It's actually a great teacher and it's actually here to tell us something. It's telling you something's not working So let's examine this and see what will work. And that's where really getting in touch with your feelings is going to help you and not just your thoughts. Because when your thoughts dominate the conversation about fear, it's just going to bring more fear to the situation most likely.
3: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I love the acronyms that you shared because, like, there's a few choices. And sometimes, like, I always like to distinguish fear. There's two types of fear. One is survival instinct fear, like when we go into fight or flight and we have to survive a dangerous situation, that's real fear. And then the other kind of fear is just the shit that we make up for ourselves, truly. Oh, nice. It's all about the stories. It's about the experiences. It's the baggage that we bring from our past. It's about the stories we create about the future. And when we get caught up in that kind of fear, that's when we get paralyzed. That's when we get stuck and stunted in our lives and we can't move past into greater things. Absolutely. So you know that's kind of like when you're thinking about am I afraid really boil it down to like am I really afraid like am I is my life in danger or is this just a story I'm creating it's really about that
1: yes beautiful
3: yeah so why don't we take a quick commercial break here. Um, and when we come back, we'll continue to talk about fear and some of these other obstacles. Uh, we'll see you in a couple of minutes. Again, you're listening to Destination Love. You can find me at thelovestrategist.com. Thank you.
4: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Attention. If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited.
2: are listening to Destination Love. To reach Shelly Pumphrey or her guest today, call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Shelly at ShellyPumphrey.com. Now back to Destination Love. Hello, welcome back. We are here talking to Catherine Dietz
3: about... Um, the whole question of should I stay or should I go? And and before we took a commercial break, we started to talk about some of the obstacles that get in the way of of just getting clear, and we were talking about fear. So, um, Catherine, do you want to just go into a little bit more about fear or, or some of these other things that seem to get in our way?
1: Yes, that'd be great. So we left off, and what you were saying has so much truth to it in terms of, you know, there's the survival fear versus the fear that comes from the stories that we're making up in our head. And so that's a really good place to start of just stopping and going, like, is my life in danger, or am I just afraid of what may or may not happen? It's just Mm -hmm. a story at this point. It's not even reality. And I'm a firm believer that, you know, we all have this higher self within us, this divine intelligence that's always calling us forward in our lives. It wants us to live the best life possible in our relationships and our jobs and our health and everything that we experience as human beings. And so it's always calling us forward to expand and to evolve more. And when we're not listening to that voice, because we're in fear all the time, That's what causes the pain, in my opinion. We're, like, out of alignment with the truth of who we are and who we could be. I mean, like, that's why we're here. We're not here to just go through the motions of life and hope that it all works out. Like, we're here to, like, really embrace it and experience it as much as possible. And our relationships are such a beautiful experience of that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, there's a lot of us that are very in touch with that kind of higher self that that is talking to us and and guiding us, but a lot of us are very disconnected from it. Um, Do you have some ideas to help people listen to that more even know what it is? Yes. How how to identify it.
1: (laughs) Right, Right. So I am a firm believer that it's really our feelings that are the voice of what's calling us. And when we feel really good about something and we feel really excited and on top of the world, there's a reason why we feel that way. It's because it's aligning us with what we're really meant to be doing and we're excited about a new opportunity or we're excited about a relationship going really well or whatever it may be on the flip side of that when we're having emotions of anger or frustration or depression even that's a huge sign that something's off something's not right with where I'm supposed to be going in my life and so what is this feeling trying to tell me and we all have feelings. And even if we're not necessarily in touch with them, I don't know of anybody who can't identify with the feeling of anger or frustration or resentment. Like, we've all had those feelings. So when those feelings show up for you, you can't ignore them. I mean, you can, but <laughs> they're there as a sign. And so you use that. Uh, to me, that's part of the higher self talking to you. Uh, and so use those opportunities, those feelings to just sit with them for a while and say, okay, what what am I supposed to learn from this? What, what can I be doing differently? And not beat ourselves up about it. Not like, oh man, I'm messing up again. Why is this always happening to me? Why do I attract the wrong people? It's not about that. It's about, huh. Here's a golden piece of information that I get to look at and see what I can do about it differently. I don't have to keep on doing things the same way. You know, that whole definition of insanity is trying to solve the problem with the same mindset that we created the problem in the first place. And so, you know, listen to those feelings of frustration and anger and resentment or whatever they may be. And if you're feeling depressed, there's a lot of people who feel depressed because they are literally depressing their feelings. They're not expressing it. Yes right? Totally. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Or if you're somebody who has a lot of physical things coming up, um, I also believe, and I know, of course, you know, when you speak of, you know, training with Louise Hay, she's a big believer in this, um, you know, that what we are not dealing with emotionally will manifest in our bodies. And, um, you know, I've worked with a lot of clients where when we start looking at what's going, what's manifesting physically, and sometimes it's like chronic fatigue or some weird back pain or, you know, things like that. Once we start looking at the emotional piece Uh and and asking the body like what are you trying to tell me sometimes we get those answers and then mysteriously or not so much those physical things resolve themselves once we start paying attention to the emotions that's a whole other podcast episode. I won't go into that, but I think it's important to pay attention to our
1: bodies and our emotions. They're like so, they give us so much information. They sure do, absolutely. And we talked a little tiny bit in my introduction about being a cardiovascular technologist and how I use that information that I learned in there because I learned all about the physiology of the heart. And I ended up doing my paper on emotions and how they affect the heart. Mm. And literally, they produce they create a physiological scientific response. There's no just, oh, this is just woo-woo stuff. It's like Uh scientific that your body produces certain chemical reactions based on certain feelings that you have. And so you're absolutely right. And when we don't express those feelings, especially when they're unhealthy feelings, they kind of get trapped. They get trapped within our energy of our body and our cells and our tissue. And that's where that pain comes from. That's where that chronic fatigue or chronic um, uh, arthritis or whatever it may be. And this isn't about blaming ourselves because we have physical ailments by any means. It's It's just about being aware that absolutely our thoughts and our feelings have a huge, huge influence on how we feel physically.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is really helpful. Yeah. So um, other things um, that Go along, you know, any other obstacles, any other thoughts about any
1: of this that you'd like to share with us? Well, I'll share real quickly what I share. It's one of the free opt ins that I have on my website page called the ABCs. It's three steps to know should I stay or should I go, and I like to call them the ABCs oh, yeah. too because it's so easy to remember. So I'll, I'll, I'll just briefly share what those are. That'd be great. Uh, If anybody's interested in getting more detail about that, it's right on the main page of my website that you can download the, the guide to it. So the A is all about awareness. And so when we're having problems in our relationship, obviously we need to be aware of what those problems are and looking at where we are now in the relationship and where we want to be in the relationship. And that means that there's a gap. And I, I use a question of like on a scale from one to 10, you know, how satisfied are you in your relationship? And let's say somebody's at a three, but they'd rather be at an eight. So that first step and it's so simple, and there's some more questions in the guide, but it's, it's, it's really being able to tangibly look at something in front of you and say, here's a gap of where I am now and where I want to be. So something needs to happen to close that gap in order for me to reach my goal. And then we move on to the second step of the B, which is about being brave. We need to be brave in our relationships. We need to be vulnerable and actually face what's not working and be able to identify what's not working. So the B is all about looking at the biggest obstacle. Most of the time, it has to do with communication. But, uh, you know, that there's always that underlying universal need of needing to feel connected with your partner. And if communication is getting in the way of that, then, hey, we need to work on our communication. So identifying what needs to change. And then the C, the third step in, in helping people get clarity around this, is to make a conscious choice about some type of action that you're going to take. And it could be as simple as reading a blog on tapping into your intuition, the one that you mentioned earlier that you have out there, Or um, setting up an appointment for counseling or some type of conscious choice where you're actually taking an action to move forward towards your relationship goals so you're not feeling so stuck. When we just stay stuck and we just spin and we spin and we spin, I call it the spin cycle of frustration. It's like you're not getting anywhere. You're just getting more frustrated. So If you take one action in the right direction, you're going to feel better. You're going to feel a little less stress and then hopefully build momentum off of that.
3: I love that. Really
1: helpful. I like the acronym too. It helps us remember these things. Yeah. The ABCs are always helpful. Definitely. Yeah. And any yeah. really not even about romantic relationships It's about any situation you're struggling with.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I like just remembering like, um, you know, to be brave and make, you know, take some action, have that conscious choice. Like, it's one thing to have awareness, but when you don't do anything with your awareness, right. that's where it leads to problems. So I love that you wove in both of those pieces to it because it's, it's people can stay in, a, like I was in awareness for 12 years in my relationship with right. my ex-husband of the difficulties that we had and the, the lack of compatibility that we had, and I did nothing about it. Yep. Um, you know, I definitely made attempts over the years. We went to couples therapy, like, but I didn't make the choice. I wasn't courageous enough because of fear um,
1: to do something different um, that we both needed. Right. Yep, exactly. And that's it. I mean, we, we all have, most of us have like an extensive source of knowledge and we read all these books and we'll say, well, I know all that, but it's still not changing anything. It's like, okay, well, knowing it and applying it is much, much different. And applying it is what actually gives you the experience of being able to get results from your knowledge. It's actually, that's where you gain your wisdom. You actually apply what you're learning and then you get the experience of it.
3: Yeah, right. And then, and I keep, like, in my mind, I keep going back to how many ways people get stuck in fear you know and it's it's so much of the the different beliefs that we have you know there's a lot of the scarcity thinking like this is the best relationship I'm gonna have or it it is the best one I've had even though it's miserable or you know there's nobody else out there or um you know all many many things I'm too old to find love or Uh, there's no one that's, no conscious men out there who will love me and do all this personal growth stuff. I keep hearing that from my clients.
1: Yes, I hear that too. Definitely. can yeah. like man even really exist? and it's like, he absolutely does. But unfortunately, yeah. we are so conditioned with, the typical mainstream media of magazines or news or even movies are, are not the happiest life experiences. And so we start to believe that that's the reality. And there's tons of good men out there. Yeah. and Tons of healthy men out there that are looking for a fulfilling relationship as well. Heck yeah. And, you know, I, I know there's a fear of being alone, but even if you're in a relationship, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're with somebody. You can be alone and in a relationship at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd I'd rather be, you know, happy and single than miserable and in a relationship. Yeah, yeah, I, I
3: totally agree with you. Yes. And so we're kind of getting near the end of the show here. So I just wanted to ask one last kind of question about your work. Is there a golden nugget that you'd like everybody listening to be able to take home with them today?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, everything we've talked about, Shelley, has been so great. So anybody who's listening to this and who's resonating with it to to really tap into what you are resonating with, whatever pieces of information you've heard from me and Shelley that like, yeah, God, that makes a lot of sense. Really spend some time with that and explore it a little bit more and think of it as kind of a self-discovery mode and a, and a creative process. It doesn't have to be serious. You can be curious about your relationship and, and, and how you're showing up in it. So the biggest golden nugget that I want anybody to take away from any conversation really is to be true to yourself. You have to be honest with yourself. You have to be true to yourself if you want other people to be honest with you, too. We, we teach others how to treat us based on how we treat ourselves. So if you're being honest with yourself and you're respecting your feelings you're going to attract people that will be honest with you and respect your feelings. Yes,
3: can't agree with you more. Yes. So Catherine, it has been a pleasure to have you here today. If people want to find you, uh, learn more about
1: your work, where can they find you? The easiest place would be on my website, which is Healthy Path, healthypath like P-A-T-H, h healthypath2love.com And on there, you have the Facebook button and the Instagram button. I have some great resources on the home page. there, the Three Steps to Know that I mentioned, and also the Eight Days of Inspired Action, which is up at the top banner of my website. And those are some great resources to help people start gaining some clarity around this confusion. And that's the easiest way. To find what I do and and my social media platforms as well. Awesome, and you do one on one coaching. I do. Right? Yes. Okay, one on one coaching. Yes. Okay. Well, thank
3: you. I this has been a really great conversation. I, I think um, I know I got a lot out of it, and I love to just talk about these different obstacles and all these things that can get in, in the way of us being clear and listening to ourselves. So I appreciate your time today. And I appreciate all of you listeners that have joined us here today. And I just want to remind everybody that um, if you have any interest in learning more about the four love styles or attachment, I am uh, running a special on my website right now at thelovestrategist.com where you can purchase um, the courses uh, as single courses or as a bundle for a discounted rate. So you can check it out there. Again, it's thelovestrategist.com. And uh, we will be Back next week on Destination Love, and we will be talking to Ken Bechtel and having a man's perspective on um, dating and relationships. So be sure you join us next week. Thanks again. Have a
2: great week. Thank you for making a weekly visit to Destination Love. Please join Shelley Pumphrey again next Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, be brave, be you, be loved.